Casey, and I have a gluten allergy. And I'm Lucy, and I have celiac disease. And this is Gluten-Free Gaming. Okay, so today we're talking about Ace Attorney, which is one of my new favorite games of all time. I say new, but I played it, uh, I think, last year. I think I finished the franchise late last year. Yeah, uh, not the franchise, the entire franchise. The, The trilogy is what I finished last year. I'm still working through the franchise. There's so many games. It's great. It's a gift to the world. But before we get into all that, what have we been uh, doing? What's What have you been doing since your last checkpoint? <laughs> um, yeah, since my last checkpoint, I it's been like two weeks since we've talked. Yeah. I went on a date. Um, I got stood up. No! And then I gave her a second chance, and we've been on two dates. Oh. Um, and we've been like texting nonstop. So I think That's it nice. was good that I gave her a second chance. Yeah. That is good. Good stuff. But uh, not gonna jinx it. Knock on wood, and that's all we're gonna say about that. I also played Disco Elysium. Finished Disco Elysium. Got fucked up by Disco Elysium. <laughs> it was really good. Um, I think it's like one of my new favorite games. It was so fun. Awesome. Um, so you should definitely play it. Um, yeah, I looked it up. It looks really cool. Did you play it on Switch? I played it on Xbox. Is it on Game Pass? No. Damn. That's okay. I bought in. Um. <laughs> I think it's like $30 on Xbox and $40 on Switch or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. It's like a long game though. It's like what? 40, 50 hours. I feel like it took me maybe 20 hours. Really? Yeah. There's a lot to see in the game though. And I know I didn't do everything. Um, it definitely has like a really good replay value and I could see myself like, in a couple months, like going back and replaying it and like experiencing it through a different lens because your character is so, I don't know, you can kind of do whatever you want with your character. And there are so many modifiers that you can change and it's all situational. And um, there's this one, (laughs) there's this one NPC named Kuno and he's like, I'm fucking Kuno, eh? You don't know fucking Kuno. You know love, bruv. Like, just so funny. And he's, like, 12, and he's on speed, and he's just, like, the funniest kid. It's amazing. Um, also, that accent so, yeah, was, great. like, spot on. Just wanted you to know. Thank you. I do it every day. <laughs> Good. I hope that you but, do that for Rory. Oh, yeah. Mr. Rory, love, I love you so much. <laughs> I'm not going to put that in the episode. Um, <laughs> you should. But... But, uh, yeah, it was a really fun game. Um, everyone had different accents and it like really, it was a very interesting world. Um, it was so well developed and the NPCs were all super interesting. And like, I thought that the point system and the attribute system was really well done. Very like Dungeons and Dragons-esque, but like, I think it's interesting the way it has you do it. So cool. Yeah, definitely worth a play. I also played Ace Attorney, obviously, within three days. <laughs> I think that's a reasonable amount of time for the first game. It's, like, kind of long. Like, I forgot how long, like, the Ace Attorney games are because, like, I play them, like, kind of spaced out. But also, like, when I picked up the trilogy for the first time, I played it obsessively for, like, three weeks. So, I don't know. I just don't have any concept of time. So I started the fourth episode last night. I played through the first investigation and I stopped at the beginning of the first trial. And I did the first trial through the end today. And I started at like 5 a.m. and didn't finish until nine. Oh my God. (laughs) 
Um, I mean, like, I had coffee and had a snack. No, I didn't. I didn't have a snack. I, like, had coffee in that time. And I maybe, like, I went to the bathroom a couple times. But, like, besides that, it's, like, 10 a.m. now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I've just been playing Ace Attorney since I woke up, pretty much. Amazing. And, but don't worry. I would have woken up at, like, 4.30 anyway because I did... Uh, I am opening like every single day pretty much so my sleep schedule is terrible that sounds horrifying I was gonna be like how do you wake up at 5 a.m I like rolled into bed at like 11 I had an assignment due at 12 and like just kind of been going from there yeah well I go to bed at like 6 30 and then I wake up at like 2 30 for work that is an interesting sleep schedule to get to work at 3 30 a.m something it hasn't been fun <laughs> It doesn't sound like it. I've, I've been, I tried talking to one of my supervisors about changing my schedule up to work later hours, but um, not later hours. I don't want to close or anything, but just like 6 a.m. would be nice. Um, yeah, that's rough. So hopefully I can get that changed. Yeah, I hope so. Since the last checkpoint. Yeah, what have you been up to? I went back home, visited because spring break and went skiing and had a good time and had lots of alcohol it was very fun and now i'm back to the grind um i also finished apollo justice which is the fourth ace attorney game recently it's very good and i'm currently playing mm-hmm. one of the first spin-off games uh miles edgeworth investigations so wait he has his own game yes he got his own game is phoenix right the same attorney in all the games then what do you mean is it always gonna be like, him? yes but yeah i think that's all i can say without giving spoilers okay wait does he die but anyways oh my god he dies and then maya has to channel him (laughs) i would kind of love that honestly (laughs) (laughs) we should explain ourselves before all of our listeners are finish your checkpoint first okay anyways um that's most of what i've been doing really and then i i've been uh applying to jobs interviewing places and having a good time um just kidding job mm-hmm. hunting is stressful but hopefully i'll get Woo-hoo! paid trying to get paid <laughs> trying to get paid what kind of jobs are you looking at sorry uh like cybersecurity and like um anything that's like cool hardware stuff that's related to computer science so like embedded systems that kind of thing are you hoping to like like once you've graduated you'll get the job or like you'll start working or are you wanting to work like right now oh this is all for after graduation because most of them require me to like move or work full-time both of which are not currently possible with school yeah and you're graduating soon You're halfway through your last semester. I am graduating soon. I know. I've I've done my last midterm ever. Woo-hoo. And now I just have to survive until finals. Very proud of you. Yay! Thank yeah. you. Doing my best. <laughs> let's uh <laughs> All right. Let's <laughs> do this. Let's do it. Okay, background on the game. I don't know why I said the section title. We usually don't do that. Background on the game. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if we did like cheesy like oh you don't like do you listen to curtis connor's podcast you know he has like jingles for like segues and stuff yeah most podcasts do (laughs) we could that would probably make ours more organized i was thinking of doing like something for like like doing like a little bit of a music thing before we do our ratings but i was like i don't know how to do that like and make it sound good 
So I might try that for this episode. We'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. Um, we'll never know. <laughs> no, I was thinking like for each, like, cause we have an outline, right? So I was thinking like for each like major section, like for like the checkpoint, you can make like a little doot 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 noise. Like, you know, they do in Mario, like the ding. But I feel like we have such really great transitions <laughs> just on our own. Yeah. But like, we don't need auditory segues, you know? I'm kidding. Yeah. I could try something. <laughs> Maybe. I think it'd be fun. So the creator of the game, um, I was, so I fell down a rabbit hole the other day, the other week, where I was just watching like Ace Attorney Icebergs and like history of Ace Attorney videos. And so I learned a lot about how the game was made. So Shu Takumi is the creator of the game, concepts, design, pl- gameplay, all that jazz. It all came from his wonderful creative imagination. I do want to say, before you actually say what it is, I want to say all I see on my end is creator, Shu Takumi, Dino Crisis. <laughs> That's just to remind me. Because the fun fact is without Dino Crisis and Dino Crisis 2, we would not have Ace Attorney. Not because Dino Crisis inspired Ace Attorney, as I would hope that none of you would have assumed that. But (laughs) anyways, that's so funny. I just, it looks so funny. What is Dino Crisis about? Uh, It's like a, man, I don't even know. All I know is I've seen like little clips of it and you go around and you like fight dinosaurs, I think. I don't know. I think it's an RPG. I'm not entirely sure, honestly. No idea. But the important part that has to do with Dino Crisis. I'll start at the beginning. So Capcom is the game studio that produces Ace Attorney, where Shichikumi worked. Um, and he was, his first management project was being put in charge of the first Dino Crisis game. And it went terribly. He was very bad at it. And it was almost a huge dumpster fire. However, uh, he was yoinked from the project and Dino Crisis was still a success <laughs> after all of that. Um, <laughs> and so they decided to make a second one. And they put him back in charge of the project. And he was like, why are you doing this? I failed so hard. But he had learned a lot from the previous mess of an experience. And Dino Crisis 2 was like, great. Everything went good. And it was a huge success. And then so after that, they were like, okay, do you have any game ideas that you want to do? Like, do you have any like pitches for us or anything? And he was like, yes. Because he had been thinking of the concept that would become Ace Attorney for several years. He thought it would be fun. He had already had some of the story ideas in his head bouncing around for a while. This is why he got into game design, right? Like this is one of the things he wanted to make. And so he originally like planned for it to be like a detective style game where you're doing like more investigation stuff. And then later decided to add in the courtroom segments that would make it so popular. But so he pitched the game to them and they were like, all right, kind of wacky, but we dig it. and like those kind of like interactive story games um, were like popular in Japan at the time. So they're like, yeah, go for it. And so he got his own little team of people to put it together. And so they released the first game and nobody really expected much because it was a little bit like new in terms of like style and the way that it did things. And a lot also a little bit wacky. Um, but basically it was a pretty, like, it was like a pretty good success, especially in Japan. Um, and so they decided to have him make two more games And he was like, oh, oh boy, oh geez. Most of my ideas were used on the first one. What do I do now? (laughs) Uh, But he did do the the last, the second two on like a bit of a time crunch and those got made and they're also very good. The rest of the uh, franchise um, has a bit more fun trivia involved with it. So the fourth game, originally Shutakumi was like, after the third game, he's like, I am done. This is all the stories I wanted to tell. No more Phoenix Wright. Phoenix Wright, gone now. Goodbye. And 
he didn't want to include him in any further games because he was like, I don't know. It just feels like I'm going to, I'm going to compare it. I don't think he did this, but I'm going to compare it to this, the eight and nine seasons of the office, you know, where it's just like, it's gone on too long and it feels forced. So he was like, I'm not going to make another game about Phoenix. Right. And they were like, okay, but you will though, because we want you to do, and it makes us more money because it was pretty popular by this point. They had, um, they had released the games uh, in North America and Europe as well. And those had gotten pretty popular. And so they were like another. And so he was like, fine, but with a different dude. And so Apollo Justice was born. Um, and then after that, there was uh, the Miles Edgeworth spinoff games. Um, How are you saying but those were not Miles Edgeworth? Edgeworth. Okay. You just say like the D and edge harder than I do. <laughs> so like Edgeworth. <laughs> Edgeworth. I thought you were saying Edgeworth. <laughs> You've heard of Edward. Now get ready for Edward, the new cool name. I feel like some white parent somewhere has named their kid Edward. Mormon Idaho moms. <laughs> I feel like Britain would be more likely to come up with that one. This is awesome, Edward. <laughs> that was like almost Australian. Anyways, I kind of loved it. She's all. I can't do Australian. No, I'm not going to try. <laughs> if I watch enough cold ones like consecutively, I can do a pretty good Max Mofo impression. But that's it. <laughs> anyways. Anyway. Anyway. So um, your anyway was in an accent. That was great. I just wanted to comment on that because my brain wouldn't let it go. But <laughs> so Shuchikumi didn't want to work on um, the, the later games. And so he was still tasked with writing it, but somebody else took over the production kind of like management side of everything. Um, and then so he still like helped with the story and everything for the fourth one. And then the two spinoffs were um, directed and written by a different team. And then they also put out the uh, fifth game, Dual Destinies, which has both Phoenix Wright and Apollo Justice. And then um, that was produced by the different team. And then Shuchikumi came back to help with Spirit of Justice, which is the last one that has come out. Um, there was also... Oh no, Spirit of Justice was also, I think, done by the other team, or maybe he had something to do with it. I don't know. He wasn't leading the project, but he did want to write a different spinoff that takes place in the distant past, The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, and he was the creative director for both of those games. But anyways, um, that's all the <laughs> trivia on the uh, the game's creation and the creator. Um, I still think the story is fantastic. I did not, like, when I started the game, like, the first case is just a tutorial case, right? And like, I didn't know that much about Ace Attorney at all. I was like, okay, cool lawyer shenanigans. And that's pretty much all that I knew. Um, but the story is like super involved and very interesting. And like the overarching plot, especially through the first three games, is like super cool. And I really like the way that they handle like stories and characters and everything. Super great. So this is the my first experience with Ace Attorney, like in general. We've talked about it before, but uh, beyond that, I never played it. So I was honestly really shook because I was convinced it was just like a children's game. Yeah. Um, and it's a little raunchy, first of all. Just a bit. Um, I sent you a screenshot <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Of just like, I'll, we'll mention it later. But um, so I just thought it was like a really, I don't know. I thought it was going to be like a kid lawyer game and it ended up being a lot more fun than that. And I was like really surprised that obviously like something's changed in the remake or the remaster or whatever. But like, I was surprised that it was from 2001. Um, 
I mean, 2005 here, but like originally like released in 2001. I was surprised that like all of the story was on a video game in 2001. And also the music kind of rocked. It was very Pokemon vibes, like just like kind of subtle do-to-do music, but it was like very fun. (laughs) And yeah, I've um, been listening to the soundtrack like nonstop for the past few weeks. My only disappointment is that there wasn't any voice acting besides them yelling, objection! Um, <laughs> I actually have some fun. Hold it. Some fun trivia about that. Um, I believe that Shutakumi himself voices uh, the Japanese <laughs> Phoenix Wright and then like just different people on, on the staff like didn't get voice actors or anything for the first game. Uh, and the second and third, I think they didn't either. Um, they just had like different people on the staff voice the uh, the different lines. And then the same thing with the localization. They just had different people who were in charge of the localization just do like, you know, like Miles Edgeworth and Phoenix Wright and all that stuff. I uh coming from disco elysium where the entire thing is voiced um it's very well done uh but like the entire game every single piece of dialogue pretty much is uh like voice voice acted is the word i was thinking of i was like very shook to like come into this game where i actually have to read um (laughs) (laughs) but honestly that's the only thing i could think that would like make this game like more peak yeah and the funny thing um so the some of the later games are voice acted um but i think all the ones going through like the ds releases until you get to 3ds were not um i'm assuming partially because of like memory constraints and stuff like that um also it it wasn't super common i don't i can't think of because like voice acting wouldn't like come across well on like gba or ds speakers (laughs) like the quality just wasn't there for that i also think we think of voice acted games as for like either babies or adults Mm -hmm. um and less so for that kind of middle age range um not middle age but like that (laughs) mid less so for boomers but like (laughs) less so for boomers like that mid grade middle grade range like i feel like i i can't remember a game i played that was voice acted before like 2015 Uh, (laughs) so that's just because of like timing like honestly like a lot of stuff wasn't voice acted like until we got into like better hardware and stuff like that more like this i feel like it was pc games were voice acted and then like Xbox and PlayStation games were voice acted, but Nintendo, I can't think of like Nintendo games that were voice acted besides like It's a Me, a Mario. Yeah, like just like very little like snippets and stuff like that. Um Wow. <laughs> Have you seen that one where they put Mario in the washing machine? No. <laughs> I gotta send it to you. They put a little Mario plushie in a washing machine while it's going and he starts spinning around and it just wow. So good. <laughs> anyways i'm pretty sure for our listeners you can just google mario washing machine you'll know what i'm talking about but anyways yes so super like interesting title for having come out in like the early 2000s um and so the um the initial release was on game boy advance and then we got it in north america on ds for the first time and the whole trilogy was re-released in the u.s um it also came out for windows in 2008 and then we and on iOS in 2009. I think there was also an Android port, port that took uh, that got put on the Android store. It's like Google Play Store, whatever it is, in 2010. But anyways, it's still on iOS. If uh, anyone wants to play it, uh, 16.99 for the trilogy on iOS. Yeah, I was really surprised that it's still on iOS. And also, like they put like the HD remake on like iPad too, which like is cool that they scaled it up for that screen size. I think that it, like it makes sense as like one of those games like you can pause it at any point and like save and that's nice so like it makes sense also it was it was originally made for the little screen 
Um, right, because it was for, like a Game Boy. Game Boy Advance, yeah. And I think that they translated it well from like the split screen to like Switch and like all the other ones for um, the HD like remake. Um, I agree. Which I believe the HD assets are the ones that are used in the iOS port. But yeah, it's like really, I, I was really interested to see how many Capcom games are actually on the um, like the Apple store. Like I was surprised. There's a lot. So I, cause I never really thought about like, cause I know some mobile games get ported to like consoles and stuff, but I never really thought about it the other way around. But aside from some frame skips, apparently it plays great. Can you list other, not for me, because I'm actually like kind of a genius. Um, <laughs> no, I know other Capcom games, but if you want to like list other Capcom games um, for people who don't know what Capcom is, it's like another major studio yeah. in the vein of a Nintendo and Sony. Um, yeah, I want to make sure that I get this right, but I'm pretty sure they did Street Fighter as well as like a Marvel fighting game. Those are like some of their business stuff. Yes, so Street Fighter is Capcom, and then, I don't know, yes, yes, it is, okay. Um, And then the other one that I was thinking of that also got an iOS port um, was the game that Shutakumi made uh, in between um, the first few Ace Attorney games and the the later few that he worked on, um, which is called Ghost Trick, and it's like a noir detective uh, like thing. Apparently it's a good game, so I'll probably play it at some point, but it was originally re- released for DS, but it also got an iOS port. And some of the Street Fighter games made their way to iOS too, which I was surprised by. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. I had Apple Arcade. I got the free thing for Apple Arcade. And uh, don't tell Apple, but one of the games, the only game that I really enjoyed from Apple Arcade stayed on my phone. <laughs> um, and I can still use it. Uh, and I don't know <laughs> if that's a glitch or not. I won't tell you <laughs> but um i'm surprised at like some of the games that are on the iphone that are also on switches and stuff like that um or that are just like powerful games yeah there's like some really solid like platformers and stuff too on like ios like i remember i used to be like really into mobile phone games when i was like growing up and stuff because i didn't have like a ds or like any other like actual handheld um but like there's some pretty solid like games um on ios and i thought the quality had degraded to things like candy crush but there's still a lot of really good titles out there i of course will usually just grab my switch but (laughs) they're still out there yeah yeah my go-to like handheld lately is is just um uh slay the spire so which honestly i recommend everyone but yeah and you can even get like a backbone on your phone so you can like use a controller um style while holding your phone you can play Game Pass games on your phone too through streaming if you have an Xbox um, and you're like and it's connected to the internet and everything. You can stream games. It's not like super great because it's game streaming, but it works, which is really cool to play like Xbox games on the go. And it's better than paying seven hundred dollars for the Steam Deck. That is true. It is expensive, but hey, at least they're <laughs> actually like sending out copies of it now. It got delayed so many times. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we got back it. on track. <laughs> Uh, we got a few more background fun facts. Um, there was a live action movie made on the based on the first game, the start of the first game, so the first four cases, um, and that was released, okay. I believe, in 2011. I need you to name a good video game movie adaptation. This one apparently is one of the best. It's pretty faithful. Really? Yeah, that's what IGN said anyway. Um, so take it with a grain Ign- of salt. Ign- <laughs> Ign- Anyways. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, the whenever anybody says movie, like video game movie adaptation, I think of in recent times Sonic and Detective Pikachu, but in olden times, the Mario game that nobody ever has vowed to speak <laughs> of again, uh, which was notoriously awful. Uh, just like Smoker Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also like so. I'm so convinced the new Mario movie is going to be a complete dumpster fire. I really wish they hired like actual like video game voice actors. That would have been such a much better decision. I was just thinking, I forgot that Silent Hill is a movie and it's a really good movie. Oh, they did make a movie out of Silent Hill. I forgot. They made a first and second, um, but I've only seen the first and I watched it with Brittany and it rocked. It was really good. So honestly- probably a uh that's that's my only one at the moment of like good video game movie adaptations but we'll have to i want to watch this one it never got an english dub but subtitles are better anyway you know maybe if we get 10 subscribers on our patreon we could do uh a live movie review a a movie review or live reaction of phoenix ray as well as our genocide run yes we've got multiple things lined up for you guys if you subscribe to the patreon anyways (laughs) uh yeah so apparently it's really good i've seen some stills from the movie um and like including the part where they like cross-examine a parrot um so that's fun wait do they do like the storyline from the actual game? Yes. So apparently it follows it really closely. Even the even the samurai part? I believe so. I don't know. I think it's I don't remember which cases are actually covered in the movie. I thought it was all of them. They might have skipped the second case, the third case though because it's not super important to the movie, to the whole game, but we'll discuss that um shortly. But yeah. Uh I don't remember which one. Okay, so I'm going to look at them. Yeah, I think it skips the third case. Yeah, we'll watch the movie at some point. I'm going to move on from the movie, though. Um, they've also, I've seen people have, like, had fan-made, like, live theater productions based on, like, the first few games. Um, they're not, like, officially licensed or anything, but they are on YouTube. I haven't watched them, but they exist. I think there's even, like, music to go along with them. Like, there's musicals. Anyways, there's also an anime that was um, produced based on the first three games. It got two seasons. Um and that carried it through like the first, the whole plot of like the first three. Um, but there's, I don't think any plans to make any further seasons based on further games. The game acts like an anime. It is yeah. very anime-like. It has a lot of anime uh, tropes, things in it, yeah. um, including the white flashes to symbolize dramatic effect. But With, like the smack there's... noise where it goes like, bam, bam, bam. You know, no, just the white flashes. Like I know, but it, it accompanies a noise. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it does. But like smack. It's like I was getting like headaches playing this game because of oh, the no. white flashes. And need I remind you, I played it for three days straight. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, just like the white flashes were probably like the most annoying because you can't turn them off. Um, yeah, it's like they didn't have a lot of accessibility features, which I feel like. Nintendo games normally don't have as many accessibility features as other games. Yeah. Um, Because I think that they're just like so standard. Like there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of like customization on your settings anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And like when I think about like compared to like a Subnautica in-game menu, I'm like, yeah, there's really not a whole lot of options in most Nintendo games. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think that they, they could have done a few more features for like the HD remake and stuff. Um, I understand why they didn't do it for the first games because it wasn't really something that developers thought about, but um, yeah, they could have. 
But anyway, I mean, it was fine. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's not the end of the world, but it was good. No, uh, yeah. It's not like a huge deal breaker for most players. Although I feel like the game should have an epilepsy warning <laughs> at some points for sure. It 100% should. It doesn't, it's not like flashing, um, but it is like enough because it happens like every 30 seconds. I feel like there's like some segments. It's happening yeah. a lot. There's some segments where it happens like a lot, like consecutively, like enough for it because they're like trying to like emphasize like a dramatic like segment or whatever, where it could be like very jarring for somebody. I don't know. They never really bothered me, but I guess I can see how that would be something that should be able to be turned off. But yeah, it wasn't as bad once I took my glasses off. So I do think like, oh, the reflection. I can see how that would like amplify it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was also, yeah, that had to be something. Yeah. Or maybe it was psychosomatic. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe it's all in your head. Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe uh, Dr. Glenn Pierce is like peering at me while I'm doing this. (laughs) He's making notes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So we've already mentioned the HD remake a few times. So that was released uh, for Steam, Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation in 2019. Um, and it's, I think 30 bucks, but it was recently on sale for 15. I don't know if it still is. Uh, if you ask me, absolutely great deal. Yeah, I got it on switch. It was on sale. Um, Lisi and I decided to do this game like five days ago. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) we decided to do this on like Friday or Saturday. So I went on and bought it then and it was on sale, which was very nice. I was very grateful. Um, and yeah, only $15 for three games is pretty good. Yeah. And like the total um, playtime, I think if you're like taking your time is like 70 hours for like all three of those games. That's what I saw online. Yeah. So like definitely amazing value. It took me like, I think a few months to finish, like six months to finish like all three. And I wasn't playing them like, you know, consecutively all the time, but uh, like lots of value would you rather pay 60 dollars for elden ring for 80 hours of gameplay or would you rather buy <laughs> ace attorney for 15 dollars and 70 hours of gameplay <laughs> to me there is an obvious better value here um <laughs> why are you why is everyone buying elden ring when they could just be playing <laughs> Phoenix, right? yeah man what the heck honestly obviously storytelling <laughs> anyways Let's get into the game itself. Um, so we'll kind of go in order of like the plot as it happens to the games and introduce you to characters as we were introduced to them. So the first case is a tutorial case. It only takes place in like one segment. So typically the game alternates between like trial and in- investigation segments. Um, in the trial, obviously you are Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Objection. Um, I did a little point for those of you who can't see me. If you want to see me do a point, subscribe to our Patreon. Um, and basically this will be posted within the next year. Yes. At some point, eventually I've been slacking on, I mean, Hey, we have one patron shout out to our one patron, but yes. So you are tasked with defending your uh, childhood friend, Larry butts. Uh, I have written token straight question mark here because going through the series, Larry butts is very much just like the, the early two thousands, ah women i love women uh womanizer kind of character um i can't explain it but he gives me ron stoppable vibes <laughs> from kim possible i kind of i kind of see it i can't see it but yeah he definitely has that like the guy who's obsessed with attractive women yeah um and like thinks he deserves it yeah um 
Not that he doesn't. He's a good guy, I think, maybe. Um, yeah, he doesn't seem like, because he's not the kind of person who, like, is like, oh, wow, like, you know, hit it and quit it. He, like, is obsessed with every woman that he's dating at any given time, like, would die for her, um, which is a hilarious trope. Um, and so the first case is his girlfriend gets murdered and the murder is pinned on him. ex at the time. Oh, that's right. And so the murder gets pinned on him and he's, like, so sad and he's, like, oh, I really loved her. And he's just like crying all the time. Um, But the funniest part is that the murder weapon is a handmade thinker sculpture clock that he made for her. Yes. And it's the weapon of the first two cases. And I think that is like iconic of him. Yes. (laughs) He really goes all out for his women. So we stay in Larry Butts. He, we'll see more of him being an icon later on in the- cases but yeah first case like we get introduced to him as the best and then we play phoenix wright childhood best friend of larry and so okay the game opens up the first thing you see in the game is a woman is murdered so you see i was shook that you saw the culprit yeah like when it does it but basically you see her get hit in the head um you see her head on the ground and like the blood spilling around her head it's not like graphic or anything it's just like you see like little it's cartoon violence so like it's cartoon yeah um and then you see the weapon and i thought it was just gonna stop at this like thinker statue um this little thinker statue like being held and i thought it was just gonna like stop at the hand but it goes all the way up to the head you see the guy who does it right away this is a trope with um like introductory cases i believe if i remember right it usually shows you the silhouette of the culprit at least, um, so that you know who it is when you're introduced yeah, to them, to make but, the first case easier. But, okay, the only case that we don't know the murderer is the third, because we know the murderer in Turnabout Sisters. Yeah. Because we hear him say red, white, and blue. And yeah, we so you know, know when you meet him, but you, in... you don't see the silhouette. No, we see his face. Do we? We just don't know who he is. Yeah. No. I think we see, we see his, some, we see more of him than just, like, his voice. And then in Turnabout Goodbyes, we see, we don't see the murderer, but we see what we think is the murderer. It's like a very distant silhouette. In Turnabout Goodbyes? Yeah, I thought so. Because they're both in the boat, right? No, in Turnabout Goodbyes, we see, we see our guy's face, but it's not the actual murderer because deception, but we see the defendant's face. Yeah, but that's just their confrontation. Yeah, so we see who does it, um, and then we see him go into the hallway, see Larry, and then be like, oh, I'm gonna pin it on Larry. Um, so this is our first ever court case as Phoenix Wright, um, and Mia Fey is our, like, mentor, kind of. Um, she's older than us, and she teaches us how to lawyer, and she stands next to us in the courtroom and is like, oh, here's how you use the court record, and here's how you make an objection. How old is she supposed to be? I think, like, 30. Okay, because she's, like, got flirty vibes with you at the beginning, or maybe at the end of the first episode. She's got, like, flirty vibes with you. Like, kind of, but I think that that's just, like, how her character's supposed to be. Like, you find out more about her backstory in, like, later games. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but, like, her, like, relationship with Phoenix is very much, like, mentory. Yeah. She also has huge bazongas. <laughs> um, it's true. <laughs> I mean, we did say that this game picked up some anime tropes. So there do be those she just, big honk- honkers. The big mommy milkers. She just has, like, like a ridiculously large rack. 
um and like in the least professional like outfit not least professional but like the men are just wearing regular suits maybe they're like a little colorful and she's got like a full-on like I don't know just low super low cut like barely a blazer on kind of thing I don't know it just like it feels less very low cut um I will say it looks like it's made out of leather (laughs) a little bit I can kind of see that I think that it looks like kind of like a normal suit material but yeah so she's wearing like a a skirt and like blazer 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 wow um blazer (laughs) and uh yeah it's very low cut I think it's interesting though um as you play more of the games there are some of like the sexualized like female like characters but like there's also some men that are and there's also a lot of women that aren't and from the get-go it passes the Bechdel test so when uh Mia and what do you mean from the get-go Maya's voice conversation in the second case technically they're talking about a man wait were they no she was just saying she was just saying oh come and like pick up this stuff for me and like yeah anyways that's in the second chapter which is like pretty early on the first case doesn't take long um it's just very introductory yeah so basically you find out so you cross-examine their witness um who says that he saw larry do it when you know that's not true um and you're trying to prove that you know he's lying or whatever and so you find some different contradictions um and you have to present evidence on the statements that he says that are false and you find stuff that contradicts it and then eventually you prove that he actually did it um and he has a whole breakdown on the stand which is kind of the the theme going forward (laughs) you you find whoever did it make them admit it uh the the burden for proof is extremely high as a defense attorney in this game and people have talked about it so it takes place in the future i believe in the 2020s um and again this was released in 2001 and so it takes place the future the 2022 (laughs) uh there was i forget what the exact timeline is because i know that the case that they referenced a lot in the last one took place in 2016 and they say it was like almost 15 years later it was 15 exactly 15 years okay so then it takes place in 2031 never mind so even more future but anyways so the court system um you have to um reach a verdict within three days because it's overflowing apparently they have a backstop backlog of cases but also you start your case the day after the murder yes everything happens <laughs> every so single fast. time apparently they just have a lot of crime oh. going on all the time <laughs> it's actually it, you're right about like needing the exact evidence though because every time I'm like I feel like this is a subtle enough thing yeah. that I can just like push it and then it's like too subtle or like they really make you fight for the exact thing they want you to fight for. Yeah. So. And like, so basically it's not, it's technically assumed innocent until proven guilty, technically, but like the judge is always on the side of the prosecution, like right from the get go. And you basically have to prove somebody else did it for them to acquit your client. Like in some of the other cases, like there will be times where like you can, you can prove that they didn't do it without that, but you always find out the real culprit anyway. And so, like, that's kind of, like, the whole part of the game that, as obvious, came from Shutakumi's, like, want for, like, investigation and detective work, right? Because that's a huge part of the game. I do think something that's always funny about any detective, CIA, NCIS, like, police, cop show, it's whoever is the lead solves the cases, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like, lawyers aren't the ones to always solve the cases, but in lawyer shows, they're always the ones to solve the cases. Yeah. Same with, like, FBI doesn't always solve the case until you're watching an FBI show, and then it's the FBI that always solves the case. And I think it's so funny. Or, like, when you're doing the CIA or CSI or whatever shows, it's, like, 
crime scene investigators don't always solve the case. <laughs> it's like detectives and stuff. They like start it, but they solve the case in CSI. So yeah, I just think it's funny. Yeah, no, it is funny. Um, and like, oh, Detective Gumshoe. Yes. So the detectives in this game, it's like a theme, um, are wildly underqualified and terrible at their jobs. And it's supposed to be like, I love him of like poking fun at like police in like Japan. (laughs) Um, and like their incompetence, which is really funny. Um, and anyways, I also think it's funny because yeah, it's supposed to be Japan until then they like will say something is American. Um, yeah. In so I'm like really interested in the fourth case, which I won't go into super detail right now, but um, there's like a Southern character and she mentions a lot of like, this is a Southern thing. You Yankees don't do this. And I'm like kind of curious what the equivalent in Japanese and like the original Japan uh, version is. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about the localization afterward in like my trivia section. Um, but okay. especially in like, we're going to need to do two parts on this. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Uh, especially in later games, you can see more and more like Japanese and like Asian influence in the game. Um, and like they say that technically it's set in like LA or something. I, I don't remember where they say that, but it's like a thing. They say it's west of the Rockies. Yeah, anyways, at one point they say it's so there's like this term that like the fan base has kind of coined um, Japanifornia is where this is supposedly taking place it's like which like makes sense it, it could be true than the 2030s like there are areas that have like a lot more you know japanese influence especially because like that's where most like people who immigrate from japan wind up is in california um but, but then there's also like i get what they mean though because there's like a movie studio so it's just like saying like it's but then there's also like a samurai movie being shot in yeah. the movie studio so it's like a Japanese Los Angeles. Yeah, exactly. So like, uh, and it's like still believable, like very much for the first game. It's very believable that it takes place in the United States. There's just some stuff later that's like, okay, I wouldn't really see that in the United States. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they just, but they never really like went back and changed it. It's just always takes place in this strange nation. But anyways, so that's roughly the first case. Um, And then the second case is, Oh, wait, no, we should probably say, like, we get Larry Butts off. Yes, you um, always, so if you, so um, one last thing about the controls of the game, there's a little meter that shows the judge's patience up in the top left. And um, whenever you present the wrong evidence, or if you um, say the wrong thing when prompted, or if you press on a statement when you're not supposed to, which is very rare that they'll have the sections where they'll actually penalize you for pressing on a statement, but sometimes they will. Um if that meter runs out, they immediately declare your client guilty and you lose. You have to start from the next checkpoint or whenever you save last. So the game can be difficult. That happened to me. That happened to me in the second episode. I always use the walkthrough uh, if I was getting low on judges' patience because like I did have it do it once because I wanted to see what it would do. And then I remember that I hadn't saved for a while and I was like, this was kind of dumb of me. <laughs> I didn't use the walkthrough until halfway through case three. Um not like as a brag, but I just like forgot that there was a walkthrough. Um, and so I was just like suffering. <laughs> the only reason I used the walkthrough is because I got lost in, in case three, because there's a lot more locations. Like the yeah. difficulty scales is really well because there's a lot more locations as it goes on. Yeah. So that's nice of them, I guess. But yeah, the first case is there's zero investigation. It's all just court. And then the second case is where you actually get to like 
you know, pick up evidence and investigate crime scenes and go and, you know, explore this kind of world a little bit more. They'll have like specific places you can go, like the detention center to talk to your client, the crime scene to see if you can pick up evidence. And then um, later on, you can go to the police precinct and the prosecutor's office, and then usually some other like related buildings, like a, a separate attorney offices that are not your own and some other like people. Or outside locations yeah. or inside locations as well for specific um turnabout sisters is number case two case number two number case two and number case two uh (laughs) and it pretty much picks up the day after the first one uh i'm pretty sure it's like it's like immediate like the first one's in like september the second one is in september yeah um and how this starts is we see our girl Mia, our home slice, get murked. Not the badonkadonks. Um, not our badonkadonky woman. <laughs> our badonky tonk woman. Um, so <laughs> we hear we hear her phone conversation with her little sister Maya. Her little sister is 17. We hear a phone conversation where Mia is saying, Hey, can you pick up these papers? I put them in this clock. Um and I need you to pick them up because I need to keep them safe. Uh, they're related to a case. That's all the information we get through the phone call, pretty much. Um, and so then we see Mia get murked by the clock, mm-hmm. uh, the the thinker clock. It's not the same exact Larry one. gives fun fact. No, Larry made two. He made one for his girlfriend and one for himself that he gives to Mia as a thank you for getting him uh, acquitted. Acquitted, yes, yes. thank you. <laughs> lawyer Alicia. Um, Laura Alicia. Uh, Lisi did want to be a lawyer at one point in time. I did. High school, pretty much. Yeah. So there you go. But uh, yeah, so Larry gives Mia this clock, and uh, Mia pulls out all the clockworks, and then she gets whacked. Um, Maya goes in, finds her sister dead, uh, <laughs> loses it, calls the police. Um, the only thing we hear when my, when Mia dies is red, white, and blue. <laughs> she There's says it with like ellipses like in between. Like she's like red, white, blue. And like, I think that, so doesn't he say it? No, I thought she said I it. I thought he said it. I thought she like whispered it as she's like dying. I thought he said it. I thought he was saying it's like a braggy thing. <laughs> Seems kind of stupid. Um, I'm pretty sure it's her. I could be wrong though. Okay, you keep you explain the rest okay, of it now I'll that explain. I like set it up. So yeah, so um, Phoenix also like this. She gets murdered in their like law offices, right? So Phoenix shows up. He like sees kind of what's going on. He beats the cops there a little bit. Runs in, sees like Maya crying over the body, and it's like, oh no. Um, and like gets to investigate a little bit before the police show up. He also sees a little note um, that has Maya's name written in blood, Mia's blood on the back of it. Um, and so the cops show up, promptly arrest Maya because they see that her name was written and they think that it was Mia's like last thing, like, oh, my killer. Um, and they also have a witness who claims to have seen the murder happen from across the street in a hotel. So um, they arrest uh, Maya. Phoenix is like freaking out because he'd never met Maya before, but he knew that, you know, she's related to Mia. So he, he, you know, is sad, obviously, over Mia's death, mentor, um, and like wants to help uh, Maya. But 
he doesn't want to represent her at first. So he does like a little bit of investigating and then um, tries to get like other lawyer, like another lawyer to help um, the one that I think trained me, uh, trained Mia. I'm going to get their names confused at one point because they really did the stuff with the Mia and Maya thing. Anyways. Yeah. It was like a joke, but it's not a joke because it's <laughs> painful. It, it doesn't like, it doesn't make a huge difference when you're just playing the games, when you're trying to talk about them, like I'm definitely going to mess it up. But anyways, Maya's the younger sister um, for anybody who's already confused. Uh, and <laughs> you wind up representing her as one would expect uh, because nobody else will. And um, as like a last favor to Mia. You're right. It does say it's, it's Mia that says, I think it is. Okay. It's centered in this thing. So I do think it is Mia that says red, white, and blue. That's what I thought. Um, but it's panning up him as it says it. Mm. So sorry. Makes Continue. Sense. Anyways. Yes. Um, so you go to trial, you try to defend her, um, you investigate a bunch and you learn basically that, um, so Mia and Maya's, um, and Maya are uh, psychics. So they're like, I think they call them spirit mediums or something. So they like channel people's spirits yeah. from beyond the grave. Um, and their mom was like a famous one turned infamous one because she assisted the police with the case and it all went south. And like one of the reasons that- It said she was ruined. Yeah. But it doesn't say she's dead. I assume she, she went... comes back in one of the future games. It says that she went like missing, like that she presumably like fled because her reputation was ruined. So, and that's all we know for this game. We don't meet her. Um, but yeah, anyways, they do leave it open. But basically, um, so you find out that Mia was like trying to figure out um, who was responsible for like leaking all this information to the press and like blackmailing or not blackmailing, but just like besmirching the mother um, and all of this stuff. And so I forget what happens all in between and everything, but basically... Oh, first you have to prove that um, April May. So let's talk about April May for a second because she's iconic. Um, April May is the witness um, and you have to prove that, you know, she's lying, obviously, um, because she says she saw Maya commit the murder. Uh, <clears throat> so you find some holes in her argument. Okay, I, I have so much to say on this, girl. <laughs> I'll let you start. Um, so we first see her as the witness in the window and she's holding the phone and she's like all aghast, aghast, mm-hmm. aghast. <laughs> Um, and she's got like bodacious toddies and like the skimpy pink outfit, skimpy in a hot way. Um, and she's like, just looks very shocked. Um, and then like every interaction she has with any person is like, she's wooing men. Mm -hmm. So her first, uh, like introduction in the trial in the actual like courtroom, um, they're like, can you please present your name? And she's like, I'm April May. Ooh, woo. <laughs> <And then> she, <drinks. laughs> she like she says sawi with two w's it, the transcript says sawi <laughs> um she's just like an absolute icon um and she's so funny but yeah i have i love her she's my favorite <laughs> she's an icon for sure and like she has like the judge wrapped around her finger and stuff like and that's a trope that continues in later games like if there's ever another attractive female witness the judge is always like this judge oh fucking oh yeah he's a complete dunce he he's so dumb like he doesn't know what a digital camera is (laughs) yeah the judge being like it's 2001 not 1985 like 
The judge is like extremely naive and just believes anything anybody tells him. And so it's up to the lawyers to just kind of like rein him in. Um, and like Phoenix is always like, the judge is always like, okay, I'm ready to declare a verdict. And Phoenix is always like, wait, 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 I haven't even presented any evidence yet. Yeah, literally almost every single trial has at least two times where Phoenix Wright gets forgotten completely. Yeah. And we have to like, make ourselves known that we want to actually defend ourselves <laughs> yeah the judge is always like okie dokie sounds good to me smack yeah so um but yeah april may's in the hotel room um and has a tap on did we already say that no so you discover in one of the investigation sections that she has a wiretap in one of her drawers when she's not in the room and so you use that in court to prove that she was like an accomplice kind of to the murder you don't know how she's connected to the killer but because she wasn't actually there she has an alibi um so she did see it happen but you can prove that it wasn't um she didn't that she was wiretapping them and so she was not telling the truth so and she has a breakdown of course and in ah, in court of course and all the animations are very over the top breakdown not as in like cries but is in like is extremely angry that things aren't going her way yes most of the so most of the breakdowns are like very extreme anime style breakdowns but like not always sad like usually just like angry and they're like it's great i would say act ups more than breakdowns that's fair they just kind of like well i say breakdown because they like literally like lose it like they just oh yeah a complete break they're like non-verbal yelling like ow ow (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much but yeah and i think it's very funny the way that they designed her like facial expressions because like throughout everything she's like very like like cute like pouty expressions and then like the second that you start like proving her wrong or like pointing out like contradictions and like lies and stuff her face gets like super angry and like ugly looking (laughs) it's very funny okay the fact that perjury is not a freaking crime in this world is a godsend. Do you know how many people would be like in prison for perjury in this world if that was a crime? Yeah, and the thing perjury is perjury for the fa- for all the fans out there is lying on the stand, which every single person in this game does. <laughs> yeah, literally. And like I, I, most of them want getting arrested anyway for like whatever they were lying about, but like it is insane that there's like almost no punishment when they ask you like the the judge is supposed to take everybody at their word anyway so it's like what why wouldn't you hold them accountable but anyways and um, yeah because they'll say something and then they completely contradict themselves and then when they are like oh let me fix that and then they say something completely different basically there's no punishment to that and there's no like okay well this is an unreliable witness yeah like literally I just, I don't get it. Like, uh-uh. also they're standing as they're confessing, which I don't love. Yeah, the court's Everyone's sort of like, standing. you get to see it pan out a few times on like what the court actually looks like from a distance. And it looks kind of strange. There's no windows. Yeah. It's very liminal. It's, yeah, it's very, I guess it must be closer to what courts look like in Japan, maybe. Yeah. But no one's sitting and it's like sort of in the round and it just looks very uncomfortable yeah it's like spectator court which they like make like in the live action movie i've seen some stills and they like exaggerate that and i think that that's very funny um because like all of these cases oh there's booing yeah all these cases are like extremely publicized and so like i would fully believe it if like buying tickets to court was like a thing in this universe because like 
it's very theatrical. Um, did we mention that this is the first case that we have Edgeworth as the prosecution? No, we did not. So I was going to get there. So okay, we don't need to go through all the story in detail, but um, you do meet Miles Edgeworth, who you know from childhood, but you don't elaborate on that much in this case. Um, and so when I say you, I mean, he's Phoenix, really right? hot. He is a sexy man. Um, and <laughs> he has like this like magenta suit and he looks very cool. Uh, and he's like very cool, calm, and collected. He does like this weird finger point thing that I love. I live for the finger yes, point. Yes, he's great. I like him. Um, if you guys have seen the meme, you are not a clown, you are the entire circus. The guy in that still <laughs> is Miles Edgeworth. Um, and so anyways, he looks very cool. And um, oh, Phoenix Wright, just as, while I'm talking about character design, has very spiky hair. That, like is slicked back like wait is that an actual line that he says no it is not oh, it's from a twitter bot okay. so there's a twitter bot I'll, I'll say this now because it's fun there's a twitter bot that um like makes ace attorney like conversations out of like twitter feuds so if you have like a thread of like these two people just going back and forth like it'll edit it onto like ace attorney like gifs and stuff like phoenix wright and miles edgeworth going back and forth with like objection and like it'll but it'll have the tweet instead of like the normal text it's very funny. That's so funny. And so that's one of I those. I love it. I'm in love with him. He has like a, a like a collar ruffle yeah. scarf thing. He's such an icon. Yeah, the character design in this game is great too. Um, but there's also high key romantic tension between him and Phoenix, right? A hundred percent. I am going to discuss that later. Um, but basically, uh, so you start out as rivals, enemies to lovers. We love it. Um, and <laughs> Uh, and no friends to enemies to lovers there we go that's right that's the, the story first we just know him as an enemy though um and there's Wait, enemies to friends to enemies to lovers they were friend chronologically they weren't friends chronologically strangers to friends to enemies to lovers to enemies to friends to lovers to enemies to friends to lovers. okay we got it strangers to friends to enemies to friends to lovers there we go okay <laughs> someone write that down <laughs> Write that down, write that down. Write that down. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's like rumors flying around that he like forges evidence and that he's like kind of shady and will do anything it takes to like make sure that his case is like uh, is won and everything. And he's never lost a case but- and he's like some kind of prodigy and he's like the same age you are, but has already been prosecuting for several years. We do find out later in the game that he he is also there for justice like he does not want to be the one to put the wrong person behind yes he only does whatever it takes because he thinks that what he's doing is right there is like a strict moral code yeah yeah so he's not about like trying to get the wrong person in prison he's about getting the right person in prison and doing it right at any cost (laughs) i think at any cost but he he does have a like a moral code, which I respect, and that is relevant later on. Yeah. So, anyways, you find out that uh, the the guy who killed Mia is the one that she was investigating, who originally uh, like besmirched her mother's reputation, and he's like this powerful corporate businessman, and his name is Red White. Do you do you see what do you see what he did there, and do you know what his company's called? Blue Corp. Blue Corp, like corporation. Oh, it's not just Corp. No. Like the Peace Corps. (laughs) 
So then you understand why Mia said red, white, blue. Um, and his outfit is the most ridiculous thing. He has bright purple hair. His suit is like pinkish red, right? He looks like a candy man. He literally does. Like, he looks like, pep- what's the peppermint guy from Candyland? I don't um, know, but I know exactly what like, you're talking about. Or he looks like King Candy or whatever. Oh, for so the- like Wreck-It Ralph? Yes. Yeah, he's, yeah, the Wreck-It Ralph, uh, like, short guy, whatever. Yeah. He's, like, he looks, I love him. Very sweet guy. Yeah, he's great. Anyways, so Red White is, like, actually, I control the courts now. Haha, sucker. I'm gonna get you arrested for this murder instead, because Phoenix is causing problems. Um, and so Phoenix gets thrown behind bars. Maya gets acquitted, and, uh, or, well, the charges are dropped, and then, um, red white appears in court to say that he witnessed you commit the murder but then we become our own defense attorney yes then we go to court for ourselves and at one point in the court case we get tossed a note oh wait no no wait 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 the best part um <laughs> did, you, did you get to the channeling no, part yet i just i did say that you that the spirit mediums do have the power to channel dead spirits okay so maya is not an experienced medium but she in in a sense of urgency maya or mia will appear in maya's body because that's how the spirit channeling works is they like physically become that person temporarily and and then maya wouldn't remember anything that happened but mia is wearing all of maya's clothes and she has her hair her titties, <laughs> and she has her hair but her titties are just out they're like just popping like, out of the shirt like because she's wearing like an alcohol alcohol Al- acolyte acolyte outfit yeah it's um, like so this, it's like, like heavy traditional like robes loose drape robes yeah and then instead of having the robes cross like at the neckline area mm-hmm. it's just full like there's down to a the generous of- amount of side boob that's what i'll say about so, it inner boob inner boob i feel like it's inner uh, side it's like the same thing it's like side boob but like on the inside inner side boob. like there's inner cleavage. side boob. we'll just say that all the way down to like below the boobs like there's under boob <laughs> in this and that's like the only difference <laughs> well not in their face like the face does change yeah and i think height changes as yeah. well but it's kind of the only difference so yeah you have this like 30 something year old woman in like 17 year old sisters like small clothes and she's purple and pink out of them. anyways um so like and it's always a surprise too because you don't know if she's gonna be there or not um and like sometimes it'll like pan over to her and instead of Maya it'll be Mia with like her <laughs> mommy milkers just out <laughs> they're not fully out by the way it literally is no they are you covered, don't... but barely <laughs> they're actually very modest compared to like a lot of video games yeah but it was just es- it's just not especially surprising in this game yeah I feel like this one is like maybe the raunchiest of the cases because April May is also pretty raunchy like She's very like flirtatious. Oh, you want to punish me? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. She like makes a um, lot of like innuendo comments, like trying to get like the judge to be like just thinking with his other head. So I think that this is definitely one of those like a little bit more raunchy, but um, yeah, having Mia with her titties out isn't like <laughs> the the best. <laughs> but anyway, um, so. Mia hands you a list of names and you have no idea what it is, but you just start reading the names 
And they end up to be all of the people that Red White has been blackmailing. And he like, you, you know, you have no idea why you're reading this, but he does obviously. And he's obviously thinking you do. So he goes, okay, okay, I did it. And gets convicted because he's so afraid of like his blackmail list getting out. Yeah. His entire company is just a blackmail company. Yes. Could call it a black and blue corp. Ayo. (laughs) Get out. Anyway. (laughs) Also, um, I looked it up. The Japanese, uh, his name in Japanese is tall, medium, or like short, medium, tall. Yeah. And April Mays, I think, was like high, low, lower or something. Yeah. So like their connection is a little more obvious in the Japanese, but um, both their names are still puns in the English one. Red White admits to it in court. You get off scot-free. Um, and not like you did anything. Um, but Maya's like super happy that you like defended her, but she doesn't really have anywhere else to go because um, she like was coming to visit her sister, right? And so she was coming from her like spirit medium place. Um, and she decides to stay with you and to help you as your assistant um, for your cases and stuff because she wants to help other people like you helped her. And so she becomes your kind of sidekick for the next two cases. Lacey and I had so much more to say on Ace Attorney, and we could not fit it all into an hour. So you have another hour episode coming next week about the next two cases in Ace Attorney. So this is where we leave you now. But make sure to follow all of our socials. Our Instagram is at glutenfreegamingpod. Our Twitter is at gfgamingpod. You can email us glutenfreegamingpod at gmail.com. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash glutenfreegaming. You can rate and review us on iTunes to get the word out about the pod. Out, the, out about the pod. You can now rate us on Spotify and you can follow Lisey on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Lisey underscore galaxy and follow her at Lisey underscore galaxy on Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening this week and we will catch you next week with our achievements and the rest of the series on Ace Attorney. Thank you very much. <laughs>